guys, I understand it. Rectangle of mediocrity. Wow, Craig, that was some outstanding stuff. How does it tie in? You sound like a real nerd. I'm grooving. Now I'm going off on a rant. Our guests are the meat to our stale bread. Oh, channel. Protect your AirPods, hide the earbuds and headphones, because it's another edition of the Channel Partners podcast, Coffee with Craig and Kevin. Unfortunately for all of you, I am the Kevin in this equation, and joining me as always is the man who, when he hears it's chilly outside, comes running out with a bowl and a spoon, Channel Partner's own executive editor, Mr. Craig Galbraith. Craig, I have an inkling you might be a little pumped up today. How are you? <laughs> I certainly am pumped up, Kevin. Well done there at the beginning. Uh, you mentioned chili. You actually are right on track there. I come from a long line of great chili eaters. In fact, I went to a Johnny Rockets once with my dad, and he ordered a chili dog with a side of chili. So Whoa. there you go. Whoa, chili on the side as well. I'm going to have to try that sometime. Uh, you should. Uh, everybody likes chili, don't they? They do. They do. And sometimes it just means that it's a little cold, buddy. you got to remember that. Oh, that's true. That's true. No doubt. I am pumped up about a great many things. Channel Partners Conference and Expo just over a month away. The Super Bowl, of course, was Sunday. That was fun. Always a good time. And the new Pearl Jam song, Dance of the Clairvoyance, in the background there. I'm going to be in the audience at their upcoming concert in Phoenix in April. Oh, it's been a good week, buddy. That is a fabulous week. Of course, I love football, love the Super Bowl. Uh, and, you know, we talk about it often. Uh, we do have a shared love for Pearl Jam. I'm probably not at your level, but going through high school when they were extremely big, when they kind of launched, and then seeing them in concert twice. Huge Eddie Vedder and the boys, Pearl Jam fan. So really excited, Craig, that you'll be able to go see them because they sold out in Baltimore in about two minutes. Uh, it's about a 45-minute trip for me, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get there as well in March. Uh, now, if you were part of the fan club, my friend, uh, I should be having my tickets, my good seats, maybe even standing in the pit area coming my way any second now. So I'm looking out for that. Awesome. Well, good luck there, Craig. Uh, you know, if I joined any other fan club, I think the Bacon fan club would be jealous. No doubt. No doubt. And of course, I'm a member of the Kevin Morris fan club, the, the president. Oh. Wow. Wow. So you're <laughs> the one. That, that's good to know. Also, my friend, loving the Freaky Friday aspect of this podcast with you doing the opening there. I'm, I'm almost looking for Lindsay Lohan to walk in the door. Don't even think about it. <laughs> yes, definitely a switcheroo there. Indeed. Uh, what a fabulous film that was brought to us by Disney. Uh, I only say that because I think I watched it about six months ago with the daughter, who enjoyed it immensely. Uh, a pretty good film. I wouldn't race out to see it if you're not with uh, your kids. But uh, yes, <laughs> yes. If I woke up in Craig Galbraith's body, I mean, I would just realize the perspective is so much different because you're just so tall, sir. <laughs> yes, that is the only difference virtually between uh, between you and me. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, with Hollywood, they've done that Freaky Friday movie, not just Freaky Friday more than once, but they've also done pretty much the same identical movie and slapped a different title on it about 50 times. So there are all kinds of opportunities for you to see a picture like that. There is. There is. 15 going on 30, Craig. Uh, yes. Uh, 17 again. Wasn't that the uh, Jennifer Garner 
flick or was that uh, 15 going on 30 or whatever? I don't even remember. Uh, I don't nope. think anyone Zach, really cares. Is that, <laughs> you're probably right. <laughs> Where were we? Back to the show. Back to your regularly scheduled programming. That's right. Well, at one point before we became movie critics. Nothing will save this show. <laughs> we were talking about the Channel Partners Conference and Expo, which is what we really are involved in, Craig. I was prepping for the show recently. We've talked about getting pumped up. I was beyond pumped up when I looked at the floor plan and the layout of the Venetian and the Sands Expo because we get a lot of feedback after the shows, especially when we're at these huge venues in Vegas, that great event, really loved it. It was just a little too spread out. My dogs are barking, my feet are hurting, however you want to say it. So this show, I just want you to picture this, Craig. I know we're going to talk about the pre-conference day on Monday in a minute, but let's just start Tuesday morning real quick. You wake up, you roll out uh, of your hotel room, you, you put $50 on the blackjack table. You win, obviously, because everyone wins in Vegas. That's how they build these casinos, right? Is that how it works? Yeah. But, and when you're so. in Vegas, you almost do literally roll out of your hotel room. Yes, at least I do. Um, I mean, never <laughs> mind. So you get through the casino, and you're at the main corridor to the Sands Expo. You walk down that corridor, and then on your right, you're going to be greeted by a giant keynote room, Channel Partners Conference and Expo style. Immediately across the hall to your left, is going to be when you walk out of the keynote, there's your concurrent education session rooms, Craig, across the hall. You know what's with all those concurrent education session rooms, Craig? The 25 to 30 sponsored private meeting rooms in the exact same area. Once you're done meeting with all the great vendors, seeing all that education, you can take a quick walk, maybe a minute or even less, to the Channel Partners Expo Hall in the same corridor. There's no escalators. There's no elevators that you need. You're walking right into that expo hall. It's all right there. In between all that, there's going to be a couple floating lounges from vendors that you can walk by and and see what they're doing. It is all going to be condensed in this one area. There's going to be 6,500 people. It's going to be awesome, Craig. That is so awesome, Kevin. And here I was getting in shape for all the walking around I was going to do. Now I'm going to abandon my uh, health regimen. Uh, Craig, it's it's Vegas. Uh, we're going to be talking about some of the networking events. There's There's going to be a lot of walking, buddy. Oh, there still is. Can yeah. I get a hotel room within the expo hall or within this area you're talking about? Could could that be worked out so I don't have to really go anywhere afterwards? I mean, maybe we could do some exhibitor style pipe and drape in a, in a cot. Uh, I, I don't know. Other than that, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. How about a shower? We might start get a little yes. awkward there. So, yeah, I don't know about that. The the channel partners camping out in the expo hall experience. Yes. Yeah, sounds like a new opportunity. We'll pitch that one for Evolution in the fall. Sound good? I'm not in business development for nothing, Craig. <laughs> Speaking of getting pumped up, my friend, uh, we've got some great guests again on this show, and I don't know why they keep coming back to us. i, I got to figure that these are first-time guests who haven't heard our show before. Did someone say crazy person? It's probably because our listeners, and thank you all, you know, actually mentioned hearing about the guests, and because even though they already sound phenomenal, after following us up, they, they seem like the most intelligent, helpful people in the world, because we are <laughs> completely worthless. Uh, that's it. So what have we got coming up, Kevin? Well, Craig, later in the show, we're going to have another edition of Where in the World is Edward Gately, featuring Frank Rausch. Channel Chief at Checkpoint Software, which hosted its annual CPX 360 event in New Orleans last week. Can't wait for that. Can't wait. And after just a few short minutes of our blathering, we'll be inviting in the CRO from Nerdio. 
into the coffee house to talk about the great things they're doing to help MSPs and consultant partners win with Azure. Looking forward to that as well, Craig. Getting back to our air quotes blathering. Maybe we don't need air quotes there because that's what we do. Why don't we take a quick moment to tell our audience about the 2020 edition of the Channel Partners pre-con slash business success workshop. So yeah, we're actually following through on something we said on the last show that we do this time. Imagine that. Hey, there's a first time for everything, Craig. So the theme of the business success workshop on pre-con day, March 9th, is planning for the future. Now we're going to have experts like Richard Murray, the COO of Tolaris, Arlen Sorensen, VP at ConnectWise, Ryan Walsh, Chief Channel Officer at Pax8, and many more. They're going to go through how to calculate your company's worth, perform a gap analysis, and successfully negotiate an M&A deal. Now, these are interesting times in the channel, of course. Some baby boomers are hanging it up. Millennials and even Gen Zers are getting in. Not only will you get advice, but you get to work through an action plan with people who have done it. And you'll go home knowing the next steps to take. Whether or not, Kevin, you're buying or selling, this is information critical simply to owning a business and particularly one in the channel. Wow, Craig, sounds like everyone can benefit from that. Uh, I should point out that you will need an all-access pass to attend the workshop. And you can sign up for one of those at, of course, channelpartnersconference.com. A great opportunity for sure, Kevin. And speaking of education, why don't we bring in someone now in the coffee house that can actually teach our partners something on this podcast? <laughs> That's definitely long overdue, my friend. All right, Kevin, my great pleasure to introduce Joseph Landis. He is the CRO with Nerdio joining us in the coffee house. Joseph, how are you doing today? Great. Thank you so much, Craig. Good to be on the show with you and Kevin. I've heard so much about your podcast, and I'm excited to finally be on. I'm a little scared now. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joseph, that $5 will be in the mail for that referral right there. I really appreciate that. Could you tell us a little bit about your background in the IT industry? Uh, what brought you to Nerdio and what Nerdio is all about? I got to Nerdio about 15 months ago after working for Microsoft for more than 23 years. And the last eight years working at Microsoft, I was based outside of the US in Brazil and in India. And I was very deep in the Microsoft Azure ecosystem, really trying to understand how to bring more small and medium businesses to the cloud. And one day I was at Microsoft Inspire, their big partner show. And someone said to me, Joseph, you should go check out the Nerdio folks, which I didn't really know what that was or what that referred to. But I found their booth, I stopped by, I met our founder and CEO, Vadim Vladimirsky, and I was so blown away by the technology in terms of our ability, now I could say our, because I'm part of the company, our ability to empower MSPs to build successful cloud practices in Microsoft Azure, that I decided to go into my boss at Microsoft and say, you know what, I'm leaving Microsoft to go to Nerdio, which was quite frightening, uh, both to me and certainly my parents. They thought they were going to have to fly to Seattle and check me out. They didn't really understand why I was leaving Microsoft to go to a company <laughs> called Nerdio. But I have to tell you, it's been an incredible pleasure. I've enjoyed it so much the past 15 months. I have visited literally with thousands of MSPs in person, really talking to them about the challenges they're having building a cloud practice and where we, Nerdio, can help them. So. Tons of fun and very excited 
again to be part of the company. Well, it's good to learn there that you weren't running a fever or anything like that. So uh, I'm glad it was a, a good move for you, for sure, Joseph. Uh, you started talking about the cloud. As experts in Azure, what are some of the common struggles or maybe misconceptions uh, your team's hearing from partners that are struggling to deploy it? Yeah, so let's talk about both. So certainly from a misconception or a myth standpoint, when you speak to MSPs, the most common ones that come up are, you know, I can't make money in the cloud. I'm making a lot of money on premises and there's just no way to make money in the cloud. Or another misconception is, you know, I've looked at Azure and it's just, it's much more expensive. I, I just can't, I can't go there. So there are definitely some misconceptions that are out there, but there are also real struggles when it comes to moving to the cloud. And when we speak to MSPs, we typically hear three challenges more often than not that they have building a cloud practice in Azure. The first is they'll say, you know what? I don't have anybody in my company that knows anything about Microsoft Azure. So I really have two choices. I could go outside the company and hire someone with Azure skills and bring them into my company, or I could retrain my existing staff. And either of those two choices are a real expense for their business. So that proves to be a challenge. The second challenge we hear is they'll say, you know what, Azure is complex. We've, we've checked it out. We've gone to the Azure portal. We've gone to the Azure calculator. We've tried to architect a solution. It's, it's over a thousand different services and we just can't figure it out. It's just too hard for us. And then the third challenge that we hear, and quite frankly, we hear this probably more than the other two, is they say it's too risky for me to move to Azure. What do they mean by that? So. You know, you think of an MSP who for their entire career has been living in the on-premises world. They've gone out, they've bought a server, they've installed it, manage it, monitor it, and secure it. Now we're saying to the MSP, welcome to the world of consumption. Welcome to the world of cloud computing where you need to charge your customers based on how much they consume. So the MSP says, wow, that's just too risky for me because what if my customer over-consumes? Am I left you know, holding the bag, who's going to pay the bill at the end of the day? So for those three reasons, we certainly uh, have experienced MSPs who have said, I'm going to put off that decision to move to the cloud. Wow, Joseph, a lot of good stuff there. And I'm sure Nerdio can help talk them through those misconceptions and those struggles. You know, when I hear you know, overconsumption in a world of consumption. I know Craig's very familiar with that because if you've seen him eat at our events, which you probably Here will we- in a few months. I, I, oh, I, sometimes, I, I sometimes struggle with that issue as well, but uh, <laughs> I'm on a, a very low-carb diet now, so we're, we'll see if that works. Are, are you going keto, Joseph? You know, I have not gone full keto yet because uh, I like ice cream and candy too much, but I've certainly reduced my intake a little bit. And uh, like I said, fortunately, my wife isn't listening to this podcast right now. Yeah, oh, we're going to call her. Yeah, you call her. <laughs> we'll send her the recording afterwards. There you go. Well, you know, in reviewing your website, I I stumbled across the Nerdio Academy, and initially I thought this was Craig's video game club for Pong that he started about five years ago. But once I kept reading on, I realized that this is a great (laughs) always-on resource for MSPs and, and all IT partners. What inspired the Nerdio Academy, and can you tell our audience the kinds of content they could dive into if visiting? Yeah, well, well, first of all, thanks for visiting it. Uh, I'd like to think it doesn't look five years old because we kind of just put it up about nine months ago or so. 
But the, <laughs> the idea of the Nerdio Academy is, you know, we really feel a huge amount of accountability to the channel. We feel accountability to help MSPs build successful cloud practices in Azure. And we know that to do that, we need to have amazing technology, which we have at Nerdio, to help MSPs deploy, price, manage, and optimize Azure. But beyond technology, we feel a huge amount of accountability to really help them understand how to do it. So we decided to create the Nerdio Academy to curate a ton of great content just for MSPs about Azure. Quite frankly, I think it's the greatest repository now of MSP-related Azure content that's out there, well beyond even what Microsoft has. So the MSP would get in contact with us. You know, They would learn more about how to build a cloud practice in Azure using our technology, but then they'd go to the Nerdio Academy to learn why to do it, how to do it, from their most simple question to the deepest technical query that they have. So that's why we stood it up to really serve as the place for an MSP to go to learn how to build a cloud practice in Microsoft Azure. And Joseph, just to be clear, the the academy looks amazing and brand new. It's just, you know, Craig, he just likes to start these video games clubs still to this day. I mean, I think he started a pitfall club just just the other day. Got it. Uh, well, I'm a big Xbox gamer, and I think they actually have pitfall on the Xbox. I think I saw that some time ago. So Craig and I can play in March at the Channel Partners Conference. If you're a sports game player, Joseph, we can battle online sometimes. I'm always losing to my son in uh, 2K basketball. Well, you know, it was pretty funny when uh, my son, who's now 20, was about 12 years old. We had our Xbox. We were living in Seattle. I was working for Microsoft. And he said, Dad, you know, we need to get Madden. So we got Madden, you know, which, of course, is the iconic football game, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, we started playing. And, and I quickly realized after about, you know, five minutes uh, that, that he was probably going to beat me. But we got to the end of the game, and I think his tight end had something like 640 yards receiving. And we got to the end, he beat me by about 40 points, and he just rolled on the floor laughing and crying, Dad, you are terrible. You are terrible at this. This is so great. So he's 29, you know, and uh, we talk about it every now and again. He still brings it up. He's like, do you remember that time when my tight end had 640 yards receiving against you in Xbox? So anyway. Hey, guys, all this talk about uh, gaming reminds me, Kevin, I need to uh, reject your request to play Dungeons and Dragons online. That's a hard no. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> Joseph, let's talk about something a little more serious here, at least to uh, us here at Channel Partners, and that is the Channel Partners Conference and Expo. We're just a few weeks away now. Uh, excited to be seeing you and the team from Nerdio in Las Vegas. Thank you so much. Uh, what can partners expect to see from your company while they're in Vegas? Uh, maybe talk a little bit about your booth, your breakout session, et cetera. Yeah, well, first, thanks for having us. We're, we're super excited to make our debut at Channel Partners Conference as Nerdio. Uh, we're going to have a great presence down there. Of course, as you say, we're going to have a booth. We're going to deliver a dedicated session on a topic that I've lectured on a lot in 2019. A lecture sounds a little formal. Maybe spoke about in 2019. Uh, called Demystifying Azure for MSPs. We're going we're gonna to bring MSPs into the room and we're going to really show them what Azure is all about and hopefully get them over their fears of building a cloud practice in Azure. So I'm sure the time for that talk will be published and we certainly encourage every MSP who's down there 
to pack the room so that you guys need to, I don't know, break down a wall or something and fit more people in or give us a second session. So we'll have the booth. We're going to have a talk at the booth when you come over. We've got some great Surface Studios where we demo our product, Nerdio for Azure. We're going to be doing demos all day long. We're going to talk to you about uh, how to build the cloud practice in Azure. And we're going to talk a lot about a topic that's really hot in the MSP industry right now, which is Windows Virtual Desktop, which is a new Azure service that Microsoft released just a few months ago that, that allows MSPs to spin up virtual desktops in Windows 10 in Azure. So a lot going on at Channel Partners Conference for us, and we look forward to seeing everyone there. Our readers are loving, uh, it's funny you bring that up, Windows Virtual Desktop. Uh, they're really into that, especially on the Channel Futures brand. Uh, so that's great. And it's great to see you guys uh, potentially bringing a lot more MSPs to our show. We're doing really well, but uh, we're excited to see even more come. Excellent. Us too. Well, Joseph, thank you so much for joining. Just let me tell the audience, they can find Nerdio in booth 1229, and we'll include details on when and where to find their session within the write-up on this podcast. And if you can't wait until then, you can find us at getnerdio.com. All right, we'll be talking. Thanks, Joseph. Thank you. Thanks, Joseph. Craig, as always, phenomenal information from our guest, Joseph Landis there. Uh, looking forward to seeing him and the Nerdio team at the event. Uh, me too, Kevin. Some great advice there for MSPs. Great to have them on the show. You know, one of the largest benefits of the 2020 edition of the Channel Partners Conference and Expo is the multitude of networking opportunities beyond the education and expo hall that will allow you to see and engage with all of the participants and likely more than once. You've got that right, Craig. This year's event will offer more networking opportunities than ever before. As young MC once said, why don't you break it down for him, Galbraith? <laughs> you betcha, Kevin. It's going to be a great mix of tradition and new networking ops. After the excellent business success workshop we discussed earlier, there's going to be the Alliance of Channel Women's event, followed by the first-time attendee reception, sponsored by Verizon. Always a big crowd because we have so many first-timers at the show learning about everything we have to offer, and a good time there as well. Of course, the Expo Hall is a great networking opportunity. It'll be open at 3 on March 10th, then 2 o'clock on the 11th. We've got our Excellence in Digital Services Awards on the 10th, and those are just a few, Kevin. Of course, there will be all of the vendor-hosted events, some of which are open to everyone, some to their partners and special guests. We just sent out our call for news, as well as the call for parties that sponsors will be hosting. So stay tuned to this podcast and to Channel Partners Online for all of the deets ahead of the big show. Craig, you are certainly Channel Partners Party Liaison. Uh, you are always the one in the know, and as you know, I'm all about that networking, about that networking, no sleeping. And you know who else is, Craig? Who's that? Our intrepid reporter, Edward Gately, of course. You are right once again, Kevin. Gee, that's rare. Anyway, on this go-round of... Where in the world is... Edward Gately. We find Edward in New Orleans. So, Kevin, it was appropriate that you just use the word liaison. He's at Checkpoint Software's CPX360 event, and he's got an interview for us. Take it away, Ed. Hi, this is Edward Gately, news editor with Channel Partners Online and Channel Futures, and I'm here with Frank Roche, Checkpoint Software's head of worldwide channel sales. How are you doing, Frank? 
I am doing great, Ed. Uh, it's great to see you again. It's been a whole year, and boy, it has a lot happened in a year. Like we were talking a little earlier, the partner mood uh, and the partner momentum is really exciting, and it's like 90 degrees difference than what, what I saw last year when I started. So in this year, did you have a lot on your plate? Yeah, I think a lot of my plate <laughs> might be the understatement okay. uh, of the year. But, you know, I think we became much more united. And I think we were always partner-focused. We've been partner-focused for the last 25-plus years. But um, realistically, I think we did something about it. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying I did it by myself. We had a lot of key hires. Uh, Chris Gallen came in to run the Americas. Uh, Sharat Sinha came in to run Asia Pacific, etc. Uh, we have a new channel uh, global systems integrator leader with Kevin Purcell, and we hired Abigail Maines uh, to be able to run the America's channels. And I think it's just kind of a fresh perspective sometimes. And, you know, if you, if you look at the energy that somebody like Abigail or Chris brings to the table, it's just tremendous energy. Partners are sensing that, and the partners are sensing, hey, there's something different going on around here, and it's something good. Also, here uh, this week, Checkpoint launched a new global partner program. Talk about that and kind of what prompted the need for that. Sure. So first of all, we listen. We listen to our partners. So we conducted over 40, uh, over 4,500 partner meetings last year. Uh, we did a partner survey uh, before one of our big sales meetings so we could discuss that input. We did 50 local CPXs, over 50. You know, we did a 250 QBRs. So, so my point is we listen to feedback. And then we also listened to kind of what was on Gil's mind, what was on Dan's mind, Tal Payne's mind, etc. How do we align with the corporate strategy? And the corporate strategy was clearly how do we sell more emerging technologies, specifically cloud security? How do we um, mechanize the channel to be able to sell something like Infinity? And basically, how do we acquire new customers? So when you look at what the partners were asking for, they were asking for um, a little bit more profitability. I know that's shocking to you, but uh, but they were asking for that, and they were asking for predictability, and they were asking for clarity in the program. I think what we were asking for is to be able to is to be able to find new ways to grow and grow primarily in the areas of new customers, infinity, and emerging technologies. So that was a structure. Mm-hmm. If you want me to get into the details of the program, I'd oh, be more sure. than happy. Oh, sure. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. What's new as opposed to what's been in place before? Talk about what makes a good channel job and what makes a happy channel chief. A company that's behind you that's committed to the channel as much as Checkpoint is. And that's the easy part about it. So, I mean, when you look at our 26-year history, I mean, when Gil started the company, basically he was knocking on partner stores. There was no plan B. And we've never deviated from plan A. So we are 100% channel. So that, you know, you know, that's the uh, first part of it. So what we wanted to do was we wanted to respect that legacy. We wanted to be able to respect the history and not throw out the history, but more build and evolve off the history. So a few different elements. Uh, first, you know, first of all, tiering. So we have a uh, STARS program. Uh, we got together, and we got together in Tel Aviv, and we actually got together in Gil's office, and we decided, hey, you know what? We need to be able to, uh, we need to, be able to motivate the channel. 
we don't we wanted to focus on upgrading people in terms of their star level and their star level is you know traditionally it has been determined by a number of different factors we announced engage uh, the app last year and that was a primary factor but you know the adoption curve on the app and the functionality of the app have evolved over the years. So um, basically the partners, a lot of them are here, got free um, tickets and free passes to this CPX, uh, which was great, and it's great to be able to see them here. And there's a lot of partners that have been able to meet the requirements to advance the level. So we advanced those partners into a level. Obviously the four stars that, that basically made the criteria to advance we had to do something for them, so we created a five-star level, and you know it just worked out really, really good. But I think the best part of this is we were offering clarity uh, for next year. So what we wanted to do is we wanted to take the engage concept, which was points based on activities, and then we also wanted to give them performance points, which is another path of being able to either maintain their level or to be able to increase their level, which means more margin, which obviously means more internal branding, external branding, et cetera. So, you know, the performance criteria is just based on the same stuff that you're going to hear ad nauseum from anybody else you, you interview, but I think that's great because it's absolute clarity. It's around new customers. It's around, you know, emerging technologies, which is cloud security and mobile security primarily. Obviously, uh, you know, Kubernetes, IoT, uh, some other factors are entering into it right now. And so it's new customers, it's merging technology, and then it's infinity deals that are, going to, that are going to be the performance criteria. So that's the first element of it. But then we get into co-op and development funds. And, you know, the program was great. Partners gave us good feedback on the co-op program. But they also said, hey, we want a little bit more flexibility. Our business models are all different. So we don't want you to tell us how much we need to spend on training, how much we need to spend on demand gen, et cetera, et cetera. So the first thing we did was knock down those walls and give the partners total flexibility. Second thing we listened to, you know, simply because our business is evolving. And that doesn't mean necessarily new partners. It means partners that have been in our ecosystem that are evolving and growing as well. And we wanted to be able to make some forward investments in some of those areas with our partners and our distributors and our GSIs, for that matter. So we wanted to take some of the funds available and put them more proposal-based you know, so far we're off to a good start. As you can imagine, the proposals are coming in uh, uh, with some great creativity and some great KPIs. So we're very enthusiastic about that program. Third element was based on a partner feedback. And, one, you know, part of their feedback was, boy, we're spending a lot of time defending our install base. And we're under attack by, from a couple of fairly strong competitors, et cetera. We want to bring the fight to them. We want to go after some competitive accounts. We want to go after some winbacks. So we offered a uh, pilot, and it is a pilot right now, around secured margin. And that secured margin is once we agree on a partner and an account that, we, that is a high-value win for us, basically we will secure the margin for that partner, offering a level of predictability and profitability that I don't think has ever been offered by any of our competitors. So I think we're first aligned on this program. Mm -hmm. So the, the uh, fourth part of it 
was just simply around, we need better field engagement. And that's always, that's always hard. But you know what? It's not hard when you're dealing with leaders like Bruno Darman, like Sherrod Sinha, and Chris Galen. So, you know, we got together and we said, you know, we're going to re-architect our rules of engagement. We're going to offer something called sales engagement agreements, which are really pursuit agreements or opportunity pursuit agreements. And what that does, it just it puts guide rails on the whole thing. We help um, give our field the clarity they need, and we give the partners the clarity they need. The other thing that we looked at was how we do you know, kind of non-standard pricing, how we do deal reg, et cetera, et cetera. And I won't get into all the details because I know our time's limited, but we have better operational controls right now to be able to put that together. So again, really a factor of listening through 4,500 partner meetings. So then uh, the other feedback was, well, why don't you expand a margin surface for us? You guys say you're channel only. We'd like to be able to deliver professional services, but quite honestly, we don't want to make it up. We need your help. So we announced five competencies where partners beginning in March will be able to train on these competencies and we will also offer them shadowing opportunities. And they vary from, you know, as you can imagine, cloud security, um, scalable cloud solutions like Maestro uh, to, um, you, know, uh, you know, really security migration to be able to go to the next gen of security, et cetera. And there's five of them, and it will be available in March. And again, based on partner feedback. Um, the uh, the uh, sixth point uh, was really around our MSSP program. And, you know, partners really, again, it's a competitive game out there, and they wanted to be able to play in the MSSP world. But the feedback we got was, hey, we need flexibility. We don't want to buy that. We have to buy this chunk of something. We want flexible models. So we have a pay-as-go model, Mm -hmm. and we have a lease model, which offers them that flexibility. The other thing they said is, you know, you're – Program's good, but it's not really inclusive. It doesn't have some of the cloud security solutions in it, you know, let's say. So we, we made sure that it was all inclusive and it included all of our solutions. The third point they made was, you know, we want to have the ability to be able to manage from the cloud or to be able to manage on-prem, to have security management in the cloud or security management on-prem. And right now you're primarily on-prem. So we expanded to security management in the cloud and then the, uh, the final point was, can you give us better tools, better analytics to be able to more, be more like a SOC as we go forward with the MSSP program? We've done that as well. And a final point, I don't want to get this too long, it's around the Engage app. And we had a majority of our partners, majority of our best partners, using the app and getting value from the app last year. But part of the feedback we received is we would like to have more value in the app, meaning we'd like to be able to find the checkpoint teams and the checkpoint sellers. So we put a team finder feature in there. We want to be able to register a deal through the app. We want to be able to train on some of the emerging solutions like cloud security, and we put that in the app. We want to be able to have knowledge 
not only on Checkpoint, but also on what's trending in the security market. We put that in the app as well. So now, the, you know, the app becomes more of a guided selling app, and it really, really is going to add value to the partner community. So it, it, I get excited about this because I absolutely see a partner rep or a partner manager in a, getting ready for a CISO call, sitting in a lobby, basically watching a last-minute video on what the solution is with Cloud Guard and Azure, for example. And I think it's going to be a great tool. And final, final is just the work that we're doing with alliances. So I had the pleasure of having VMware and also Microsoft on stage with me. It's a tremendous, tremendous opportunity for our partner community. And these guys are still around here and they're talking to partners and they have meetings. But if you think about it, it's a $266 billion uh, market with cloud and to be able to attach to that market. And IDC is predicting SD-WAN to be a $5.3 billion market by 2023, and it's grown at like 31% year-over-year CAGR. So, you know, it's, you know, when you take any one of those elements, they're great elements. When you combine all of them, that story gets more and more interesting for any partner executive. So hopefully that helps. Definitely. So does the program signal a new direction slash emphasis in Checkpoint's overall channel strategy? I would say it does and it doesn't. We want to be able to respect the legacy and we want to build on the legacy. So, you know, there's no more of a commitment or less of a commitment to the channel because that channel commitment was always there. I think it signals two things. It signals the ability to change, the ability to listen. And I think it signals a new aggressiveness to be able to grow and grow with our partners. I take it you've also been talking to partners here at the conference. With the news of the partner program already out there and everything, what kinds of things are they saying about what they're dealing with? So I can talk on a macro level and a micro level. On a macro level, we survey the partners after the breakouts, after the main sessions. The scores were great. Okay. They, were absolutely, they were absolutely great. So that's, that's kind of number one. On a micro level, we just had an opportunity to have Gil and Dorit and a few other people, Peter Alexander, in a room with our senior partner executives with Chris Gallen. And one of the partners, and I'll leave them nameless for right now, but they've been with us for over 20 years. And they say, this is a new world. This is a new beginning. And we're excited about it. Okay. Well, great. It's been great talking to you. And always a pleasure. Thanks Thank a lot. you. Mm-hmm. Kevin, Edward in prime form again as we heard some outstanding stuff from the Checkpoint Channel Chief. Exciting to see what they're doing here in 2020. That's for sure, Craig. And unlike the host of this here podcast, Edward and all of our guests never disappoint. Wait, wait, wait. We're disappointing? Speak for yourself, Home Slice. Digi and I always bring it. That's true, Digi. I'm working on it. Glad Digi could join us because on the next edition, we'll be breaking down the various awards handed out at the event, one that Digi may or may not be the namesake of, and where to find the nominees and winners. Looking forward to that, Kevin. But before we say our goodbyes here, tell me who you got in the Super Bowl. Now, for our listening audience, please keep in mind that we are recording this prior to the big game. Of course, I'm just going to go back and record my own part afterwards and make it look like I knew what was going to happen. I uh, hope you know you didn't mute yourself when you did that, Craig, but oh. you know it doesn't really matter if you give that disclaimer, Craig, because if one of us gets it exactly right, the audience is just going to think we're Biff from Back to the Future 2, of course. Oh yeah, sure, right, that's rich. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, although I want the Chiefs 
to get Andy Reid his first ring, I'm going to go with the Niners. I think they got a better all-around team, offense, defense, special teams, and I'm going to say they get the win 31-27. to 27. You? Well, now I'm a Seahawks fan, so I can never predict the Niners are going to win. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs, and just to be lazy – I'm going to take the same score. <laughs> that sounds that sounds good. It should be an offensive game, I think. Uh, even though the Niners have a good defense, that Chiefs offense is explosive. No doubt. All right, if you'd like to check out the archive of Coffee with Craig and Kevin, and why wouldn't you? You can go to SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts, type in Channel Partners Online. Of course, you can always find us on the flagship Channel Partners Online. Thanks so much for joining us. We're looking forward to seeing you next time. Love, peace, and chicken grease channel.